Hey friends, this is Holly Goodman, and you're listening to Isaac's Autism Wild podcast, where we focus on topics related to raising loved ones touched by autism and its impact on relationships and family. I'll be sharing some of my personal parenting experiences, raising my son Isaac, who passed away in 2007, as well as an entirely different parenting experience as I now raise my son Caleb, who never ceases to blow my mind with his beautiful autism perspectives. So grab a drink and join me as I interview this week's group of exceptional autism parents. So thank you guys for joining me for another quarantine edition of Isaac's Autism Wild podcast. And today we're actually talking about one of my favorite. I've been wanting to do this podcast for so long. We did record it, but it was um, we had a little editing issue or a capturing issue. So we had kind of an error. So it gives us the opportunity to capture it again. And the cool thing is I have quite a few people joining me today. And I may because we were recording remotely, everybody is, is respecting social distancing. Um, oh, hold on one second. We have one of our first responders that's actually at work. She's trying to take a break so that she can join us. So um, hopefully we'll be able to add her onto this too. Um, so uh, we're all respecting social distancing and we're recording from the comforts of our own home. And so we're using a combination of, of Zoom and then this other um, program that's helping us to capture everybody's audio in a nice, clean way. Um, so if it doesn't sound like our normal, like high quality um audio, I do apologize, but this is going to be a fun topic, I think. Um, so first and foremost, we're um, talking about media characters and whether or not we we believe that they help or whether or not you feel like they uh, hurt the public's perception of what autism is. And I know um, some of the common characters that we can talk about, and maybe there's others that I have missed. Usually, I swear to you, every time I'm out in public or we're at a social event and somebody asks me always, oh, do you watch The Good Doctor? So The Good Doctor is one I get asked a lot about and I see people smiling. Um, Parenthood was kind of the first one, I think, that had kind of a um, a character. There's a, a, a son in there that has high-functioning autism. Um, obviously the old school one, Rain Man, and I have a lot of adverse feelings about this, um, Rain Man, if I'm going to be totally honest. Um, and let's see, obviously it's not actually promoted on the show, but, uh, Sheldon Cooper from the Big Bang Theory is a really good example of a person with high functioning autism. Um, and yet because they don't talk about the fact that he has, um, autism, I, I don't think people have put two and two together, but we could certainly talk about him. So, Overall, for my guests joining me, I have David, I have Christine, I have Kat, and I have Chevy. We're hoping we're going to get Reagan on the call here shortly. Like I said, she's one of our diligent first responders that is actually at work. Um, so hopefully... Um, she's going to hop on for 15 minutes. So um, she has the link, I believe. Um, so we'll get her for 15 minutes, but... Does anybody have a strong feeling? Like I said, I have a lot of adverse reaction to the Rain Man um, because for so long that has been everyone's like um, only reference to what autism is. And I don't feel like obviously that is just this much of the autism spectrum and not necessarily a good representation of the whole spectrum. And so I get a lot of, you know, people either imitating the voice of Rain Man or, you know, like making some smart comment about, oh, like what's Caleb's special talent? 
does he count toothpicks? Like, uh, no, like the answer is no. Like that is the stupidest thing in the history of the world. So who would like to start in terms of media perceptions, whether they help or hurt? Okay. I'll jump in here. Um, one of the things that's interesting, Holly, this is David Morgan is now 12 and she has autism. And when I recently stumbled across rain, man, once again, on the road, um, for work, I didn't even think of it from the perspective of how other people would react to it. I I actually got emotional and started crying because I was identifying with some of the certain things, some of the similarities. It didn't even strike me as to how it would affect others' perception of autism. So it's kind of interesting being an autism parent and having that reaction as opposed to yours. And by the way, no reaction is wrong. That just happened to be, yeah, that just happened to be the reaction that I had. Um, I've watched a couple episodes of The Good Doctor. Um, and, you know, just like what we talk about as parents, where it's a, if you've seen one person with autism, you've seen one person with autism. I can't imagine that these shows that, uh, you know, actually have focused characters on autism didn't go into it without at least researching the subject. Now, are they going to play it out well enough to satisfy everybody? Probably not. But that's probably how I would uh, characterize it to somebody who says, hey, is, it, is that similar to your son I would just, or son or daughter? And I say, probably not, just because it's probably one person's characterization of autism. It doesn't cover this, you know, the scope, and you have to meet each individual kid um, to really determine if that is right or wrong, and don't assume that any of them have any special abilities at all, because I stopped giving Morgan um, the label high-functioning, she's right behind me, um, <laughs> um, just because it was like, because regardless of how the perception was shaped um oh so she could probably this that like nah she can't actually and so rather than setting them up for some because i'm under the assumption that she's going to be under our care for the rest of our life so she has autism and whatever that splinters out to be whatever that becomes is what it is but um one of the things and it was so funny um i was on the road quite a bit after work a couple weeks ago and listening to a lot of these podcasts and we circled back to a subject that Holly, you got very emotional about was when they introduced the character on the show Parenthood and one of the recommendations that the physician on the show gave the parents, which is stop trying to have him meet you at your level, go ahead and meet him at his level. And it's something that I've um, really kind of tried to incorporate into our lives. Um, but I think for the people that approach me in, in that way about how the media's uh, perception of it, I just said, look, that's their representation of one character. It doesn't blanket anything, and ours is different. So that's a good question. Is Has anybody had situations in public or when you're in public settings where people have used that reference as like, I don't know if it's just that it's like a conversation starter. It's like people know that I have a kiddo with autism or they know what I am. I do for the living. And that's kind of like their starting point of something that they can like socially connect with me on. It's like, oh, I watched Parenthood. So like, you know, so maybe that's part of it is people don't necessarily know what things that we can talk about that may or may not have to do with autism. Um, so have you guys, I, I mean, maybe I'm the only one, but I get it a lot where people will ask me, oh, do you watch that show? La, 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 la. Um, I will be honest with you too. I mean, this is a good, if, if there's anything positive that has come from, some of this is that um, 
the exec or executive director, I guess actually she's the CEO of Mobius. And she's one of her favorite shows was Atypical or is Atypical. And because of that show and watching Atypical, um, it has made her reach out to us because she wanted to um, start a re- like a relationship, a collaboration, if you will, to support families that have kiddos on the autism spectrum at Mobius Science Center and Mobius Museum. And so like that is one good thing that's come out of it. Um, but that's the thing is, is that, you know, and, and so I'm not saying that all the interactions that I have when they're surrounding media characters are necessarily bad, but like I said, I don't know if it's just maybe this is like the public's like common denominator or something that they can relate to us. So Christine, you're raising your hand. So um, I'm going to unmute you here. I'm raising my hand. That's funny. Um, so I think where I land with all of this is um, what I've been seeing uh, recently uh, on all television and in all media is that um, shows and um, movies seem to be um, attempting to showcase um the lives of a lot of different types of people and types of relationships and types of families and types of like, it seems like shows and movies are getting a lot more inclusive in terms of who they are showcasing. And I think that's a good thing. Um, You know, with our autism numbers, you're bound to, you know, know, or at least meet, um, several people with autism in your lifetime and to have them represented, um, you know, in different ways through the media, I think is a good thing. Um, one of the things that I really liked in terms of a, a character that seemed to be, uh, positively rolled out and introduced, um, is the Sesame street character. Yeah. Um, I think sh- I think that's a character that um, they they did a, a pretty good job, um, age appropriate job of rolling out that character and showcasing um, some of those more, you know, maybe middle of the road typical autism characteristics. Because um, again, obviously, autism is a spectrum disorder, so you're going to have everybody from you know, your incredibly verbal but socially awkward Sheldon Coopers to your very non-verbal, you know, people with autism in in the world. Um, In the limited amount that I've seen the Julia character, she seems kind of like sort of that middle of of the road. You know, Mm -hmm. if you were to, what are the top 10 characteristics of, you know, someone with autism, she exhibits those. And I think that's good. I think the more education and awareness we can put out there, that's good. Um, I'm like you in terms of the um, Rain Man. I don't love that one, but I also understand the context of the time period in which um, they were filming that. I mean, what, 30, 40 years ago, a child with autism would have been put into an institution and that's just you know our reality i think we've come a long way from that um 
is the character of the doctor and the good doctor an accurate representation of a lot of people with autism? Probably not. Yeah. Um, but again, I see it more as a, are we, are these characters creating more awareness um, and inclusion in media? Gotcha. Um, Hey, Chevy, I know that you want to, um, you have a point that you want to make. I want to make sure that we capture Reagan because we only have her for 15 minutes. And so I'm going to unmute both of you. Um, You guys actually, Reagan and Chevy are are joining me and both of you guys have daughters that are impacted by autism and and Reagan why don't you um describe your daughter I mean you have two children with autism but you have um a daughter and Chevy you have a daughter Reagan would you mind describing kind of your family dynamic sure so um Lucy is severely impacted by autism she's mostly nonverbal um and how old is and so she is eight years old um, she's cognitively about three. Um, she's got about 10% language. Um, she does equalalia quite a bit and will repeat anything you say, but as far as functional language goes, she has very limited language. Um, so she's, she's pretty developmentally delayed and impacted by autism. And I guess if I were to equate her to a character in the media, um, or, or in a movie that, that, uh, portray somebody with autism she would be like my little rain man yeah um however she doesn't uh count cards or toothpicks or her special power is you know destroying anything she gets her hands on and not sleeping (laughs) i know but you know what how great is that sometimes you know yeah yeah right yeah yeah and then chevy your daughter and chevy your daughter is she's actually she's five now correct yeah, Kira is five and she has moderate autism. So she's right in the middle. She's got limited speech, um, lots of ectolala still, um, but she is starting to use more words and speech um, and uh, lots of typical autism things. Oh, stimming, flapping, uh, running around, very loud, uh, wanderer. <laughs> yeah. Typical autism things. Um, and so, yeah, that's where she's at. And, um, I wouldn't say this is necessarily representative of Kira, but I was going to say that I think it's Pixar just came out with a short on, you can see it on Disney plus called float. Yes. I saw And that. yeah, it actually represents a nonverbal um, autistic child. And I actually thought it was really well done. Yeah, I agree. How do you like Reagan? Because your daughter is very impacted. Um, your son, let's talk about your son for a second, because you also have a son that's impacted by autism. Mm-hmm. Reagan, that's would you? Mind yeah, so him? Noah is 15. Um, he's moderately impacted by autism. He's verbal, but he does have some um, developmental delays, um, as well as uh, issues connecting socially with people and being able to express himself. Um so Chevy so and Reagan, do you guys get frustrated that there's not more media characters that are actually female? I do because I mean, my more impacted child is female. So in a way, maybe not because Lucy doesn't really um, identify with anybody on television. And she's so developmentally delayed that even if she did see more female characters out there, she probably couldn't relate to them because she just has a hard time relating to anybody. 
But as far as like education wise with the public, I think it would probably help more to have more female characters out there. I agree with that. I feel like even when you're trying to find autism related things, even for shirts for, you know, International Autism Day, it's all he and him and his and (laughs) you don't find a lot of female based references um, to autism. Um, but I will say I, I have seen a few shows recently. Um, Chris, Christine mentioned kind of how more shows are becoming more inclusive of people either on, you know, competition shows who have autism, who've been female, um, who, whether it was dancing or singing or whatever it might be, but that they're adding kind of making it a point to add more people with autism, which I think has been great, male or female. You're absolutely right. right. You know, the one thing I was going to point out is um, that like on, uh, I'm sorry, like the, is it the the show, the music one, America's Got Talent. They featured a young man who was a singer. Um, yes. I've forgotten his name. Somebody, what's his name? He actually won. Um, he was blind and had autism. Oh, Cody Lee. Cody Lee. Yes. Thank you. I was, it's such an easy name and yet I couldn't come up with it. And, and I, and I, he is amazing. And his mom, you know, like actually there's a group here in Spokane that's actually reached out to her and, you know, very nice, nice woman, great family. The thing that's a little bit frustrating, even in that is, is that, you know, like he has an amazing talent, like he is just so gifted. And there are a lot of our loved ones that are really gifted when it comes to, um, you know, a skill, but then it almost like kind of perpetuates that when Cody Lee was, you know, like in the midst of all of that, it was, I was getting a lot of questions about like, you know, Oh, so like every kid with autism has like a special talent and it's like, yeah, it's not like that. And so even that, I love seeing that, but then it actually goes back to that whole, like having to educate people that, um, you know, only 40% of people with, autism or actually have above average IQ, only 40%. Um, you know, and so, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean like Caleb doesn't have necessarily a, um, I mean, maybe you would count like coding, like he understands coding, but I don't think he'd be able to like, you know, do anything mm-hmm. that a, a, a developer wouldn't be able to do. Um, and so I guess that's my question is, is that um, while there's a lot of um, you know, there's, I think there's a lot to, of good things that go with having them doing a nice job at, um, of, you know, showcasing what autism is, you know, like, you know, a couple, just that the whole mindset that every person with autism has like a creepy or a really, you know, like a night, a, a really strong gift or talent is again, again, shooting a little bit high. Cause I don't think that that's the for most of us, I don't think that would be the case. Like um, Reagan, you commented, unless you consider a special talent ripping things apart and not sleeping as a special talent. That's, um, but then also too, um, they're not showing what profound autism is. They tend to show, you know, um, atypical. I would say he is higher functioning. Parenthood, that kiddo was higher functioning. The good doctor, clearly you have to be more higher functioning to be able to be a doctor. Um, right. You know, Sheldon Cooper, more high functioning. Um, so like as I'm going through and I'm thinking about, you know, like the characters, you know, is it's really also too not showcasing what are what like Reagan, your daily life is much more um challenging because you know, your daughter, you know, requires a lot of supervision and and care. Like, how do you guys feel about that? Right. And I agree with that. I think that the media in general and entertainment industry likes to focus on like the quirkiness of the autism. 
um, which can kind of be funny, but most of our lives um, are more challenging than that. And Lucy certainly has her quirks and she's hilarious, but we also struggle with a lot um, of other issues that are not very funny. Yeah. And I think that when all you're doing is portraying the funny quirky stuff, you're not really educating the public. You're not, I mean, yeah, you are, but you're really not. But you're, so, you're also eliminating half of our spectrum because we're only finding right. about 50% of our spectrum to be TV worthy, like, you know, of showcasing that level of function when there's really the, you know, the, the ugly side of autism is the tantrums, the non, the not sleeping, the destructive yep. side. And so, and that's again, too, is that, you know, it's not all belly rolls and, um, you know, like that quirky behavior that, you know, I mean, is Caleb funny? Yes. Like Caleb can be very funny, but it's also not funny when he's like rocking underneath the table at the, you know, at the fair, or he almost broke up a glass window because he was like rocking and, um, you know, back and forth. It looks like David has wants to weigh in here too. Hey guys. Um, the fact is that the day-to-day doesn't draw ratings. Yeah. The mundane doesn't draw ratings. The ugly doesn't draw ratings. And it's the struggle that we're going to have anytime it's represented on TV is we have to find the interesting, quirky, entertaining, because um, lo and behold, you know, they have to draw ratings. They have to justify being on the air and making money. So I, it just struck me that it's sadly, it's going to be up to us to unpack this for people. Yeah. Um, TV is going to present what TV wants to present. They're probably never going to give an accurate representation, nor are they ever going to try. So the expectation can't even be there because um, they're in the business of making money. And somebody like, you know, Atypical or The Good Doctor shows a side of it that they think people want to see. The other thing, you notice how all TV shows have a resolution at the end? Somehow they wrapped it up in a nice, tidy package. Wouldn't we love <laughs> to be able to say that? If only our other. lives were an episode every yeah. day. And at the end of the episode, we do, oh, good, bedtime's coming. And it's all we're all going to hug and kiss. And it's all the credits are going to start rolling. Um, unfortunately, our days go to two, three, four in the morning and, you know, that's going to end up on the edit floor. <laughs> so it's just, it's really up to us to kind of unpack it for people. I think I was just going to add, David, that you made a good point, um, about ratings, but I think people want to find the re- relatability. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like with atypical people can kind of relate to that character. And then when they show scenes like his meltdowns, you know, in the bus or whatever it might be. They kind of can kind of accept those changes, but they feel like they can kind of relate to that character. So it's comfortable. I feel like if somebody was watching a character that was having constant meltdowns and um, just kind of the day-to-day stuff that we deal with, they wouldn't be comfortable watching that necessarily or really understand it or feel like it relates to them as a person or as a family. I agree. Reagan, what are your thoughts on that? No, I actually think both are spot on. Yeah. Um, It's... (laughs) I think the negative side of it and the hard side of it doesn't um, would not draw ratings and it probably would deter people from wanting to know more. But so then the question is there, like, do they help or hurt? Like, yes, we talked about how it's nice that it's out there, but like, is it still then hindering kind of what people's perception is? Because again, the real side of autism is, is that when you see some of the ugly, that's what gets cut out because nobody wants to see anything that real, that raw. Um, So are we still then perpetuating kind of people's misperception of what autism is if we're only focusing on that, the good stuff? 
I think I so, think. and to a point. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just, I think it generates conversation for those that are interested in having the conversation. So um, those that are not interested in having the conversation. Are you telling What's me that? I have to be more patient then instead of getting just immediately kind of irritated with people when they ask me, you know, some of the dumb questions that come because of what's on TV? Um, doesn't sound like, yeah, you have any impatience there, Holly. No, um, <laughs> honestly, yeah, I mean, because those that want more information are going to seek it. Those that want to reinforce their beliefs are going to see, are going to just sit there and reinforce their beliefs and not ask the question and build assumptions based on TV. Those that want to learn more about it are going to ask the experts and lo and behold, the experts are us. And that pretty much sums up anything people ingest. The ones that want to reinforce their own beliefs are going to use it to do that. The ones that want to educate themselves are going to use it to do that. So, yeah, unfortunately, you're going to need to be more patient, Holly. Sorry to break the news to you. Most of the time, I have pretty good patience. We have Kat here. She has not actually joined us yet. She's been (laughs) just nice and quiet over there. Mm -hmm. Hi, Kat. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can. Okay. So I um, I think that there have been better rep- representations of autism in theater rather than in film. So give us um, an example of what that think, looks like. Um, I cannot remember the name of the uh, the, um, uh, the dog at midnight or something. Civic oh, did the curious that. incident. Yes, yes the curious right. incident. And that was, to me, that was one of the best representations I had seen. Um, there's also much more of a personal level rather than watching a character on stage or on screen. They're not as worried about ratings. It's it's a much different. I'm also an actor and a director. So that's kind of the language that I speak. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that, um, that, that theater is where it is most honest. Television, there's so much money in it. There's so much... Um, uh, just politics and there's just so much crap basically yes. in um in film that i think uh theater is a better place to go and even telling someone hey you should read this script is um to help you understand more who is going to go farther than saying hey watch the good doctor because i i can't even watch that show but yeah that's all i have to say okay reagan <laughs> Hey, I gotta go. Okay. I gotta get back to work. Okay. Sorry. Oh no! Thanks, Thanks for even hopping on. Go, go save the world one dispatch call at a time. <laughs> I certainly will. Thanks. Bye, guys. Bye. No, I think that that's a really good point, Kat, because I have to be honest with you. One of my absolute favorite. Now, it was a book. The Curious Incident of the Dog um, was actually it's a book. And that was actually my very first book that I ever read. uh, My book club read after Isaac was diagnosed with autism. And it has been on my I call it my bookshelf Hall of Fame because I actually have a Hall of Fame bookshelf, like the ones where they were just such great, great reads. I've kept them up there. And so interestingly enough, that book has always been on my, because I felt like it was a fair representation of autism. And then when they actually took it and did a theater production of it, and it came to the Spokane Civic Theater, I was like, hallelujah, because it was, you're absolutely right. I actually, in my mind, could not wrap my head around how they were going to do it. Um, And so, and I was thrilled because I think they did a really great job um taking that and putting it in a theater production of it and i feel like that was fair um you know he did have special talent and that he was like a little mathematician which is fantastic and again i'm not saying that not all um you know a lot of kids do have gifts um it's just not a, you know it's just 
not necessarily, you know, like Reagan was saying, you know, unless you can sit, consider ripping apart the house, a gift, I'm not quite sure. Um, do anybody here have any worries about the media perception of what autism is? I know we kind of talked about, you know, is this a fair representation and do we just need to make ourselves more open and available um, to the, the community asking questions and, um, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like anytime, like I'm in a public setting and it's found out that I have a kiddo with autism, that seems people always want to connect with me on a, you know, like a, a TV show. Um, you know, if we have nothing else in common or if it's a new interaction, that's usually what, um, and also it, maybe it's mostly business connections. Like if you go to like a networking event or something like that and you meet like a business person for the first time, I swear it's like about 60 or 70% of the time people want to ask me questions about um, the media characters. Um, actually, but Julia doesn't really come up. It's usually mostly the atypical parenthood, good doctor and rain man that come up the Pixar video and Julia generally aren't ones that like come up in general conversation. Um, maybe because it's actually more of that. Um, the real side of autism, maybe. Um, not that Rain Man's not. I think Rain Man's pretty accurate. What's your guys' thought? Anybody have a, an opinion on that? Am I the only one that gets asked like to compare and and elaborate on media characters? I feel like this is like half of my life. Um, I don't get that question a lot, but I will also say that I'm really good at doing the preemptive strike for people before they start interjecting with questions of explaining things away. Um, so that by the time I'm done, they pretty much have a picture of who Morgan is rather than the just all encompassing autism. I just, I think people just look for a connection point. And in a setting that you talk about like that, Holly, um, I know prior to this, like when they see, oh, you're associated with autism. I don't know anything about it. What do I say to this person right now? <laughs> you know, you know, they just, they're looking for a connection point. They literally, I mean, it's not like wearing a Seahawks Jersey. We can talk about, you know, your various favorite Seahawks. It's like autism. Oh God, she's an expert in that. I'm not, what do I, what do I have to reference? And it's really all they have to reference. Unfortunately, I mean, we live in this autism world, so we have brushed up on every finer detail that we possibly can. And so again, and I'm not saying this for you, Holly. I'm saying this for myself. The patience involved. When oh, um, right, David, I get it. I get it. I'm going to no, be patient from now on. There's even there's even terminology that you that somebody will use that would I know piss off my wife that I just brush aside because I can't expect them to have lived in autism world and to have characterized it correctly, referenced it correctly, know anything about it. And so again, I just you know it's our job to educate. So true. That's what we do, David, every day. Here's what my final question is going to ask before we end this podcast. Okay, so my final question of all of the media characters online that depict autism, what is your personal favorite and which is the one that you like the least? Um, again, I think Julia is my favorite. Okay. Um, although, you know, as old as uh, my son is, we're beyond, you know, the Sesame Street um, version of, of autism. Um, and the one, I struggle with the good doctor. There are times that I like the portrayal of what they're portraying. And then sometimes I just go, are you flaming kidding me? Um, it's a really weird um, 
Cause like I said, sometimes I think it's a, it's a really good portrayal. And then sometimes I'm like, this is, this is out there. Yeah. This is not good. Yeah. So not the good doctor. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Chevy. Same question to you. I would have to say I actually really enjoy atypical, even though <laughs> even though my daughter's not really in that level mm-hmm. of autism in that high functioning category. I do enjoy it. And um, I do enjoy the bits when he does have the meltdowns when he's socially not understood. And I love that they actually used scenes that they used for his social group in the show are actually real autism kids. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool. What I also um, liked about that show too, Chevy, is I feel like they did a decent job showing the stress on the family. Um, you know what I'm saying? Because the da- the daughter, it, it really shows that while she loves her brother, she's pissed at him and gets frustrated. Yep. Um, so, and then the mom struggling to let go. Cause like that might be a little bit me sometimes. Helicopter parent. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, I really enjoyed that show. And then the play as well. I'm going to butcher the name, but. Oh, the curious that, incident of the dog. Yes. Yeah. That play, I was crying most of that play yeah. because I felt like it was one of the realest things I had actually seen that was autism related. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up, Kat. That's a really good, I'm glad that we brought that, you brought that one up because you're right. I really feel like that one is, is real authentic and and real so i must confess i don't have a ton of experience with a lot of these things um is it because you so avoid I, it because of the topic or because i have to be honest with you sometimes when these characters i hear like oh there's this show and it has this character sometimes i actually am like i just can't do anymore because like i live autism all day long so do you avoid it because it's, it's just- not necessarily a conscious avoidance like meg and i started down the road of parenthood and just we didn't get into the show per se okay. i know it's a great show there's just eight hundred sixty thousand others um but i do i'm still going to list that as my favorite just because of the philosophy it gave me at the very beginning as far as how to deal with the child um and for the record i have to state that my least favorite is atypical because my wife won't watch it um so so, no it's it's interesting because she watches the good doctor and enjoys the good doctor however i suggested a typical she's like no no and i'm like okay i don't like it then yeah at all you are so smart david just go right for that (laughs) do it yes you're such a smart man thank you so much all right kat so let's start with your favorite um i uh i really love um sheldon cooper just to see someone who is successful and an adult and you know my my son he's um he turns eight on sunday um and just he's so into science and um i see a lot of um of sheldon in him and i also love parenthood because that was before we got diagnosed i before i got diagnosed i was i was obsessed with that show so i kind of used that almost as like a parenting guideline yeah and just to see a lot of the stuff and then um good doctor i i can't even i i can't (laughs) yeah (laughs) i i I hear you i will tell you that you know holly with the isaac foundation i have had a few parents 
call saying, hey, I think I need to have my child screened for autism. And I'm like, oh, okay. And they're like, you know, I have to be honest with you. I was watching that show Parenthood. And I feel like that child that's on this show is like my son, my child that I'm raising. And so now it's made me think that, oh, I need to have them screened. So there are other side benefits of some of these characters too, because if it's a tool that we can use to educate people in terms of like, oh, hey, Huh, maybe I should seek out a screening. Um, you know, that's that would be definitely a bonus point. So all right. Well, I'm gonna go on record and say that um I I'm actually I'm triggered a lot by some of these shows. So usually I wait a while, like when a new show comes out, like atypical, I was like, mm, not gonna watch it because it's just really to me. You know, again, we live autism every day. My professional world is Isaac Foundation. So I feel like, um, you know, the last thing I want to do is go home and watch a show that's just like more autism, and especially if they're not going to do it right. So I usually tend to wait and don't start watching the shows until after like I start getting parent feedback on whether or not they think it's a good depiction or bad depiction. And I will say most of my friends are kind of like that. They do the eye roll when it comes to good doctor. And I know that some of my families are frustrated because it's like, you know, I get text messages and different things saying, you know, Oh, your kid could be a doctor. And it's just kind of like, are you kidding me? Like, um, you know, so they feel like the good doctor is probably of all of them, probably not the best, most accurate depiction. Like some aspects of it are really great. And I do love the way that they actually show empathy and, compassion, but there are some parts of it that's just really kind of out there. Um, I'm not a big fan of Rain Man, uh, just because um, just I feel like, again, you know, for so long, that was people's only perception. And maybe it just sticks with our older, you know, I don't, I would say for people that are like in their 50s and older, that seems to be their only perception of what autism is. And so um, it's been kind of a hard stigma to overcome. But I will tell you that my personal favorite, um, and it's not even an autism one, um, is I have really enjoyed um, Speechless. So the kiddo in that series um, has cerebral palsy and he um, doesn't have um, verbal language. And so he uses a laser on his glasses to spell out words. And so he has a caretaker that. And so I love that show for multiple reasons is, you know, it is funny. So it's, it's lighthearted, but they are still able and able to in that context in that show. It's like a 30 minute, you know, each time to really depict what special needs parenting is, which is, and and again, he's severely disabled. And so there was one episode where, you know, mom is doing the helicopter parent, which I can totally relate to that. Um, and she's, you know, convinced that the caretaker is not taking good care of her son. And then she happens to walk in on them while he's in the restroom, getting him cleaned up because he had an accident. You know what I mean? And I'm like, wow, we can make a show that depicts someone that really is severely impacted by cerebral palsy and it can still be funny and it can still be real. Um, now can you do that with autism? Maybe not to the same degree, but I just, I guess I'm throwing it out there that it is possible to still depict something that like where this kiddo has a significant impairment, um, and it can still be lighthearted, but still show the dynamic of the family and some of the challenges that families have to deal with. Um, and so I really actually like speechless as like my all time favorite kind of special needs, um, show. I don't know. Maybe have, has anybody else seen it? I see a couple nods. 
So anyway, I, I, I feel like it's possible that we could show kind of the more like severe side of it with still some light lighthearted humor, um, but still, you know, give some representation to um, those that are aren't the more neat and high functioning, if you will. Chevy, you unmuted. So I'm guessing you. I agree that there should I there should be an opportunity for there to be shows where people can see a more you know, severe, less happy, high-functioning version of a character. Yeah. And like I said, obviously, Speechless has been successful because there's still more episodes, more seasons that they're producing. So obviously, it has appealed to some people. So that's always nice. Well, I appreciate everybody joining me. Does anybody have any final remarks before we wrap up today's podcast? Feel free to unmute now. You can throw this on the cutting room floor. Just the evil thought that crossed my mind when people were like, oh, good doctor. She could become a surgeon. I'm like, yeah, if you don't mind residue of salt and vinegar chips on her fingers while she's cutting into you, she may get distracted by her iPad too. But yeah. Yeah. Let's open up your heart with her. That would be great. Although if we could, like maybe she needs to be a robot um, physician where she's actually just using a screen because, you know, if we can build a screen into like her surgeries, perhaps maybe like we can pretend like it's the game operation right? <laughs> I feel that their nose would be turning red quite often during the course of the surgery, but yeah, awesome. Let's do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Who knows? All sorts of, all sorts of stuff that we could potentially do. All right, everybody. If we are all finished here, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of Isaac's Autism the Wild podcast. Thanks for joining me, you guys. I really appreciate it. And that's it for now. If you want to be notified of our next podcast release, be sure to hit subscribe. And just remember, we're all in this together. So find your tribe and hold them tight.